Hi, it's Chris Watkin here, and I'm joined by Mark Nicholson, who is an estate agent from Nottinghamshire, and he, he's here today to talk about his story of being an estate agent and how he's evolving in the 21st century to be a data-driven-led estate agent. Thanks for joining me today, Mark. Thanks for having me, Christopher. Good stuff. Right, okay. So, have you always been an estate agent since, since you came out of school? No, not at all. Um, my first job was in farming. I was a pig farmer. Pig farmer. Um, that's right, yeah. Um, but I soon realised that that wasn't for me after doing a couple of years pulling ice out of pig troughs and um, was looking for a job at the time and I ended up moving into the motor trade. What year was that? So I'd have been 19 at the time, so that would have been 2004. 2004. Um, and then I had a period of time uh, which took me up for five years working in um, car, main, main car dealerships um, before going to be a Okay, well, before, let's, 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 before we start talking about estate agents, okay. what did you love about being in the car game? Um, I suppose as a, as a young man, I loved cars and everything about cars. Which Big is wheels, what really, fairy lights. Yeah, you know, what, what really appealed to me. Um, but it, it soon uh, became apparent that, you know, it all wasn't sweetness and, uh, and, and light and, you know, spending an awful long time in a car dealership, sometimes only speaking to... A person or two in a day really wasn't an awful lot of fun. Um, so I left dealerships. I went self-employed as um, a vehicle wholesaler or as a trader, as it's known in that industry. Okay. And started selling cars back to dealerships. Um, I ended up leaving the dealerships at the time because, um, I'll be honest, at that time I was experiencing some depression and I was a pretty miserable person to live with. So how old are you at this point? Um, I'd have been 24 at the time. 24? Yeah. Do you mind me asking what the, 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 the reason of that depression was? Yeah, I think it was a combination of things. Um, I was travelling at the time from Retford to Derby, which is where I worked. Oh, God, that's a godforsaken journey. Terrible, uh, terrible commute, which, you know, on a good day could take 55, 60 minutes, but on a bad day could take two hours. And spending that amount of time in my own company, often stuck in traffic, um, was really something that, that affected me. Then going to work for long hours, six days a week, um, and often not having an awful lot of contact other than my colleagues, um, I think just really amplified that issue to the point where I, I had to leave car dealerships. Um, so, so what made you think of a state agency or did you just fall into it like the rest of us? No, so, so what happened was, uh, whilst I, after leaving the dealerships, um, and I was self-employed within the motor trade. Um, that started to take a little bit of a turn for the worst during the uh, recession. And a, a fellow car dealer of mine had started a property auctioneering company with a business partner and was having some success. We're going back to about 2012 now. Okay. There were auctioneers. So at that time when the, the market was pretty dire, mm -hmm. actually auction was a really good route of selling properties at the time. Um, so I went and started working for them on, again, a self-employed basis. I was knocking on doors, um, basically, of people that had been on the market for three months or more um, to sell to them the idea of auction and how that might help them to get moving, moving on. But if you ask most estate agents to go door knocking 
okay, you're door knocking for auction, whether you're door knocking for your own estate agency, they'd run a mile. How come you were able to door knock? Um, to be, I've always been a confident person. I'm not really, uh, have any fear in talking to people and approaching people. But aren't you, haven't you got the fear of rejection that most valuers have? Um, no, I don't, I don't think I have, to be honest with you. You know, rejection isn't something that particularly, um, you know, bothers me. You know, in, when you're in the motor trade, you know, you might see six or seven people before you sell one car. So, you know, just getting those no's actually just gets you closer to a yes. Um, so I, I did that for some okay. time. Um, Where do you think you get that resilience from? Is that your mum or your dad? Um, that's a very good question. Um, probably a little bit of both. My parents separated while I was quite young. Okay. Um, so I was brought up mainly by my mother and in fact, I'll take that back, actually. I think probably where I get most of my resilience from is, is my grandfather. Okay. Um, who on your mother's a, side? On my mother's side, yeah, who was a big influence um, in my life in my younger years um, and who I learned a, a lot from. What did your mother give you, though, in terms of skills in life? Um, I think mother, certainly grit okay. and determination. Um, you know, uh, she had it hard during that time when she was on her own worked really hard, you know, day and night, weekends, evenings. And, and I think, you know, that kind of work ethic is certainly something that, um, you know, had an influence on me. Okay, so you were door knocking, looking for um, auction houses, properties. Yeah. How did that go? Um, it was pretty good. You know, the company that I was working for were, were happy with the results. But um, what ended up happening is that um, I ended up being approached by one of the estate agents in the town where I was doing all the door knocking, um, who essentially was receiving, if, if the people weren't in, I was posting notes through the door and That's business it. cards. Mm. And uh, this particular agent was fed up of picking these uh, notes up and compliment slips off the mat and basically decided that the only way that he was gonna get rid of the problem was to employ the problem. So I went from being in the motor trade to knocking on doors for probably four or five months to then becoming the sales manager and valuer of one of the biggest estate agencies in the town okay. with absolutely little or no experience okay. or idea of what I was doing. Okay. Were you scared that you were jumped in at the deep end or does that not concern you? No. I mean, sales is sales. I mm -hmm. mean, you could look at cars, you look at houses. What's the difference? They've all got windows. They've all got doors. Cars have got an engine and, you know, they come back after you've sold them if there's a problem with them, whereas, you know, houses are uh, okay. houses. And, and can you remember your first free valuation? Um, I do, actually, yes. We always remember our first free valuation. Yeah, and I won it, and I won it while I was in the appointment. It was a little flat in Tuxford, 50 grand's worth. And, um, yeah, we came away with a, a, a good fee. I think it was 17.50 plus the VAT on a 50 grand flat which uh, my new employer was, was very happy with at the time. Good stuff. So the team around you, did they support you? Did they know that you, you, know, you didn't have that much experience? Yeah, they did. No, I worked with a really good group of people, actually, um, you know, of, um, you, you with quite a bit of experience. And they appreciated that, although I might not have as much experience of them in a state agency, there was a lot of valuable things that, that I could bring to the table. And what were your, what, you know, you, at this point you were 2,000, 
and 14. So you were in your mid-20s at this time? Yeah, that's right. So mid to late, well, late 20s, actually. Yeah. Okay. 20, 28, 29 okay. at the time. Uh, had you settled down by this time? Bought a house yourself? And... Yeah, d definitely. Um, and uh, I hadn't, uh, in fact, it was 2014 when I bought my first house, but it was something that we'd been looking to do for a while. So actually going into an estate agency and being properly employed, you know, was a good vehicle to help us do that. Um, we'd had our first child at the time. Um, okay. So, you know, having that responsibility and security was was appealing. Did becoming a father change your outlook in life? Um, I can't say that it did, to be honest with you, Chris. I mean, other than, you know, making you very aware of the responsibility that you've okay. got. Um, it didn't, you know, I already had a, you know, a good strong work ethic and, you know, was always busy trying to improve my situation and, and get on in life. But um, yes, I wouldn't say so, but. Um, okay, so you, you spent four years at the, at the local main estate agency in Retford. What were those four years like? And let's start off with the first couple of years to start with, 14, 15. Yeah, the, 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 certainly the first couple of years were absolutely brilliant. Uh, I learned an awful lot from, um, you know, a very experienced man. And, you know, I'm thankful for that experience, you know, even to today. Because without that, I certainly wouldn't have been where I am now. Um, you know, the relationship was very good there through those first few years um, and yeah I was having a great time loved it I found uh, myself to be around pegging around home is that what is that what came when when did you realize that what year did you realize that very quickly after I started actually um, you know it just felt like I was in the place where it where where I should be so you were around you did you say around square round pegging a square hole no around pegging around home you were good stuff so you're enjoying life, being an estate agent, yep. uh, sales manager. Does that mean you ran the branch or you're just responsible for sales? Um, responsible for sales. Uh, the lettings department was pretty separate and had its own, own manager. Um, you know, the, the chap that I worked for uh, likes his golf and likes his holidays. Okay. So, so was, it one of, was it one of these owned franchised operations? Correct. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Do you, did you ever have any ambition to potentially buy the business off him? Yeah, in fact, that was the plan. Um, you know, at that time, um, the chap that I was working for was coming up to an age where I was thinking about retirement, and it was always the plan that, you know, I would be the one to, 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 to buy the branch, buy the business. Okay. Did those promises come through or...? No, no, they didn't, no. Um, ultimately, there was a, a, a breakdown in the relationship, you know, for a number of reasons. What year did that happen? Um, so that would have been 2018 okay. when that happened. Do you think you could have, I don't want to pry too much, but do you think you could have done anything different? Yeah, I do. Yeah. At, at that time, um, we were you? on to third child. Okay. Um, you know, there was a fair bit of stress in my life around that tiredness. And, and you know, I, I, I'd admit, you know, I probably wasn't the model you know, uh, employee at that time, I, you know. So, yes, certainly I had something to do with it. Do you think in hindsight, and don't get me wrong, you're like a pig in shit at the moment, and, you, you know, pardon the pun of being a big farmer, um, do you think you could have done things differently at that time? Yeah, there's certainly some things that could have been okay. done differently. Yeah. Do you think that was down to age, maturity, or just just three, three, chi three kids, misses at home and no sleep? Um, the latter, I think, to be fair. <laughs> So, what did you what 
what came about to you for you to make the jump? Because you went to went to work for Pebble Bricks. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? When did you decide that this is the time to to you know? So the relationship was breaking down between me and the uh, gentleman that I was working with. I was looking for other options. I wanted to stay quite local because Retford is where I grew up. Um, and to be honest with you, you know, is, is your other half from Retford as well? Just outside. So yeah, yeah. So for us, it, it's home. Um, there's only a handful of estate agencies in Retford and there's very few positions available mm. for someone who's a, a valuer or a sales manager. And to be honest with you, from where I was, there wasn't really another agency in town that I wanted to work for. Um, so I ended up speaking to the territory owner of the time in uh, Purple Bricks and explained where I was with it. And he was uh, more than happy to of have me. Of course he's going to be more than happy. Surely though... You must have had some fears. You know, you had a steady job, nice income coming in. Yeah, um, I, three I did. kids. Yeah, and, and a lot of responsibility. Um, well, and well, I think at the time, to be fair, you know what I what I will say is that I was sold a little bit of a, 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 a dream. You know, this is how many valuations you'll go to in a month, based on the average conversion rate. This is how many instructions you'll put on adding the, what you get on the legals and the completion monies, then you should be earning between X and Y, which was more than what I was earning at, uh, you know, the High Street Estate Agency. The reality soon became apparent after I started that those numbers weren't consistent. You know, the first, the first month that I was on the ground, you know, whereas they were promising 40 valuations for the month, I think I had four. So, you know they gave us a guarantee for a short period of time. And at that time, that's when I kind of started to maybe worry that it wasn't the right decision. Do you, you know, when you were making that decision, did you have the support of your other half? Yeah, yeah. My other half has always been incredibly supportive yeah. of me. And I've, you know, I've, I've done some different things and I've come up with some crazy ideas. And she's always backed me. She's never, never held me back. And... You know, before you made that decision, surely you were pooing your pants, pardon the, pardon the pun, about making that move to, to Purple Bricks. Or was that simply because of the promise that you were... Yeah, no, no not at all. I mean, I, I wasn't particularly worried about the transition. You know, I, I had no doubt in my own abilities, providing that people could put me in front of, you know, enough potential clients and okay. put me in, 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 in enough valuation. So I wasn't particularly worried. I'd spoken to some of the other local property experts who were, you know, backing up the figures and the numbers that okay. I'd been given at the time. So and it, 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 I was going to be given the Retford and surrounding area patch, which is where I know and love. So I didn't really have any fears, to be honest with you, going okay. into it. So you, you had a poor first month. Yeah. Did it get any better? Um, it took a few months before it started to get any better. Was that because of your actions or just basically Val's coming through the door? Um, a little bit of both. Um, I've always been, you know, as far as Retford's concerned, probably the most prominent estate agent on social media there. And a lot of that was, uh, you know, me in front of the camera in the early days in the High Street mm -hmm. Estate Agency. And I very quickly got traction in setting up my own page um, which helped me no end and you know people were keen to support me so that really helped um, the interesting, interesting that you took personal responsibility 
because there's plenty of people that used to work for Pebble Bricks that you know almost wait for it to be coming in through the door. Yeah, sure. And and you that's not a criticism, by the way, but that's just a fact. It absolutely, um, and and that really helped. Uh, but the problem that I had with Purple Bricks was that it was inconsistent. So, you know, it was the income was yo-yoing from being really very good to really quite poor. And as a man with a wife at home that's not working and three children, it's just not sustainable. Why do you think it yo-yoed? Um, again, it was a lot to do with the valuation numbers. I think at that time as well. Depend if they had adverts on the TV that month. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think as well at that time, you know, people, Purple Bricks had been around for four or five years. A lot of people had tried them. Some had got on really well, some hadn't. You know, it was starting, I think was, people were starting to evolve back towards a more traditional uh, service. So a year later, you decided to make the jump and uh, start your own estate agency. That's right. What, what yeah. was the straw that broke the camel's back and actually say, shit, I need to do this myself? Well, the story to us starting Nicholson's um, really started in the summer of uh, 20, 2019. Yeah. So I was, I just sold a house with Purple Bricks. Um, we'd got a really good price for it. I was worried that it wouldn't value up. Um, so the surveyor that went out to have a look at it who I'd known throughout my estate agency career. Um, I rang him up to, to make sure that everything had been all right on the survey, um, make sure that they were happy with the value. And um, this chap has a large share in uh, the local fine and country franchise. And it was my intention at the end of the conversation to say to him, look, Mark, what are you, what's your appetite for setting up a hybrid estate agency in Retford? But before I could say that, he said to me, Mark, when are you going to sack off Purple Bricks and come and start an estate agency with me in Retford? So it was just, the things just converged and came together. And uh, I mean, my jaw dropped to the floor. And, um, that, and that was really where it was born. We had a meeting after that um, and off we went. So Nicholson's is, a, is basically you plus a silent partner. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Okay. So you had no issue with regard to funding or you having to fund yourself for a year because you had him behind you correct yeah yeah okay what tips would you give to anyone working with a silent partner um i think you know although my partner's silent any big decisions i always sense check with him you know i'll always bounce it off him to, to make sure but um, he's pretty happy to let me get on with it and trusts that i'm going to make you know what i feel is the right decision whether they ultimately become the right decision or not is another thing. So I, I'm, I'm very lucky. Um, um, but yeah, I think that if you're entering into anything with a partner, you do need to make sure that from the outset, um, it's quite clear, you know, where you're going. And ultimately, if that partner wants to exit, what the road ahead looks like. So we got that nailed down from the start. So there is, it's quite clearly defined if, if, let's say, he wants to leave, there's yeah. a clearly defined formula of what it will Correct, yeah. I've got the first option on, you know, his share in the business. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, that's set in stone. Good. Big tip for you there, boys and girls. Um, I'd like to now move on and talk about um, your use of technology with regard to your agency, because you, you are pretty big in the game in Retford, aren't you? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're well established now. You know, we're a couple of years down the line. Well-known name. And obviously, I was known quite well before that. Um, you know, and we, we, we hold our own in terms of market share against the other agents in town. The purpose of, of this video is not only to talk about your story, but also how data can, can help you grow your estate agency. What do you put that all down to? Do you use a particular system to enable you to do that? Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, so we've been using um, Lifecycle by Iceberg Digital now for uh, just a little over a year. Um, and, you know, in terms of looking after the data, that's where, where it is for us. Why do you think estate agents don't use their data particularly well? I think that, I think that estate agents don't understand data, what they can do with it and what the implications might be of not using the data. And, you know, I'll be honest with you, you know, until 18 months ago, until the first lockdown, I certainly didn't, data wasn't on my agenda. Um, but, you know, a few things happened during that lockdown. We were all looking at our businesses and ways in which we could improve things and move things on. Um, and, and at that time, um, I discovered a YouTube video um, which was an estate agency X video, which had uh, Mark Burgess talking for an hour about data, how it's used in other industries and how the people that are using that effectively have, you know, accelerated the growth to the point where they just can't be caught. Um, and there was a lot of that that resonated with me. And, you know, it was kind of like someone had dropped a bomb and I thought, do you know what? We need to get on this. Okay, so you took up Lifecycle. Yeah. Uh, and again, I must stress to you, this is not an advert for Lifecycle, although I am an absolute massive fan for it when it's used correctly and in the right hands. I must stress to you, must, uh, and Mark is not paying me for this video, but uh, as I said, it's only fair I tell the story of, 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 of the system. Um, it's a lot of money, mate. Well, it, it is on, if you look at it on the face of it and you just look at the monthly price tag, but... The way that I look at it is that if I want to get a good CRM system, let's look at someone like Street. Are they £600 a month? It's about that. Yeah. You add into that something like Akaboom at £150 a month. You add on top of that um, someone who's going to give you some off-the-shelf content. £50 a week, £200 a month. Where are we now? £950? Yeah. You know, you then add into that an email nurturing system. Do you know what? All of a sudden, we're at the price of life cycle. But the problem is, is if you have all of those systems, they work independently. Oh, they need people. Separate logons. Yeah, logons. You've got to have staff going into each of them and using them. Whereas life cycle connects it all in one system, all in one bubble. So actually, you know, when I look at it that way, I think, do you know what? Yeah, it's, it's good value. Okay, but. <laughs> It's all very good they come up with these fancy graphs and you know you can see people in the funnel and what but it, it takes an awful long time to get for it to come out the other end it isn't a plug and play get instant valuations is it yeah correct yeah no it, it does take time the data's got to go in there you know um potential clients have got to be nurtured if you invest in something like life cycle you know you are you're investing in your future you're not investing in today um, and uh, and I think that's that's the key thing. But how? Do, why are you different? I mean, if you don't mind me saying, you're different to most estate agents because you've got the balls to go knocking on doors. 
but also most estate agents aren't very good at playing the long game. Yeah. Where do you get that ability to be able to play the long game, to see the long game? Um, I think it's just understanding where other companies and other industries have used data and grown on that to become, you know, absolute, I suppose, monsters in their own industry. Um, and, you know, I've always done uh, plenty of content on social media. That's not something that's for today. It's about, you know, touch points and engaging with people I mean, what for content, tomorrow. I mean, what content are you chucking out? I mean, let's be honest, all Lifecycle is, is a system to be able to chuck content out at people. And when they know they're watching, when it knows you're watching it, it puts a little marker on it so it can follow it and work out what type of person it is so they can ring well, them. No, not, I wouldn't say so, actually. There's a lot more then. to it than Go that. Go on then, tell yeah, me a bit more. So, so it's not just about monitoring what people are doing. You know, it's now um, uh, as a CRM when people are inquiring through the portals, it's sending them out an email where they qualify themselves and enter themselves into the system. And then depending on what they tell us, they'll go on a specific journey of content that's specific to them. Okay. Um, you know, so that's happening all of the okay. time in the background. But what sort of content are you chucking out at them? Because you know I'm a huge fan of content, obviously. Yeah, so we, we have content that's a little bit of off-the-shelf content. Um, we use a, a content writer, or two actually, and we do some very local content. But we also put into there lots of guides for landlords, vendors, buyers, um, you know, where they can refer to it, where they can get some information without having to necessarily pick up and the phone. What, and this does this all for you basically load the system up with the content, the computer works out which type of person it is, and then sends them on a nurture journey. Yeah, okay, based on you, their inputs, yeah. But okay, but are you actually getting starting to get some business out of, out of the other end at the moment from it? Yeah, yeah, we get some business out of the other end. I mean, I go to valuations and I talk to people who are only having us out. And if they put it on the market, it's coming with us. Um, and why is that, do you think? Because they've engaged with the content. You know, they, they, they think that, uh, you know, we're there to help them as well as, you know, in, in life as well as to, to And why, are, why do you think estate agents, I mean, if you ask most estate agents when it comes to their content, they, all they do is talk about themselves and their listings. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And, um, and, and I think that's the kind of the wrong way to go. I think. I think people probably get pissed off with that, uh, to be frank, after a time. I mean, and if I mean surely if you right move pie charts, market share, that's oh, interesting, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We're the best again and whatever else based on right move data between X and Y and on this type of <laughs> Do you think it's been, do you think it's been an advantage that you weren't originally an estate agent so you can see the bigger picture? Um I think it perhaps. But who I worked for on the high street was absolutely obsessed with that pie chart. You know, it was the first thing that he looked at in the morning. It was the last thing that he looked at at night. And, you know, it, it, and, and I think that got me into that way of thinking that market share is everything. But actually now I've been working for myself and I've been doing it. Profit is what we're after, not market share. You know, uh, I, I, I dare say, you know, we don't have the, the, as, as big a market share, but I dare say we were more profitable, profitable than they are. Certainly more profitable than they were when I was there. Um, so it's what you want. Do you want to be a busy fool running around after market share or do you want to have some really good clients that understand what you do and are happy to pay you for it? And you genuinely believe that, that 
life cycles helped you achieve that profitability? Yeah, uh, it, it is one of the things that certainly helped us to achieve it, yeah. What would your advice be to any estate or letting agents considering life cycle? Um, I think my only regret really is not taking it up sooner. Um, I had some experiences with two CRM systems um, before we actually went over to Lifecycle. And I think, yeah, probably one of my biggest regrets is we didn't take it from day one. Um, but I think, you know, you, you need to, I don't, I don't think it's going to be for everyone that's out there. And I think that, you know, you need to have a conversation with the team at Iceberg to see if it's something that fits. Because there, there are agents out there that just buy it and think it's going to wave a magic wand and bring loads of valuations in on day one. Yeah, no, no. It, you've got to, like every system, you've got to put good content in to get good And do you have to put out. good time in as well and put some effort in? Yeah, yeah, 100%, yeah. Okay, so where do you find that time? Because most agents say they haven't got the time, or are you just a case of good at delegating? Um, yeah, I've got to the point where I am good at delegating. I haven't always been, um, but I, these days I do a lot of delegating. But I think going back to earlier on in the conversation when we talked about work ethic and that coming from a mother, you know, I, I'll be honest, you know, I was, I was doing some work on Lifecycle at 9 o'clock last night, so... You know, I'm quite happy to, to, to do things in my spare time, to free time up later down the line. Now, moving forward, I believe the future for you is that, is that you are wishing to go down the self-employed model where you actually take on self-employed agents in the vicinity of a 30-mile radius of Retford. Why are you choosing to go down that route? Um, I mean, there's a couple of different ways that you can go. As an agency, we, we don't have a high street shop. You know, we work out of what's essentially a serviced office off the high street um, because uh, although there's a place for agents on the high street you know I think it's changed now I don't think that it's a necessity um, I quite liked working from home with purple bricks um, you know and, and making my own hours and doing work when I wanted to or could mm -hmm. And, and, and I like that idea. Um, and, I, and I think that if I, were, if I were going back in time, and if at that time the, the self-employed models had have been um, bigger and more developed, I'd have had a tough choice between setting up my own agency or going into one of these self-employed models. And I think, you know, agents can, if, if they're willing to put in the work and the effort, they can earn a far better living. Um, and get a better lifestyle out of it. And are you happier now? Are you running your own business? Um, yes, more stressed at times, but okay. definitely happier. Um, I mean, where do you see yourself in 10 years? Do you want 10 agents in 30 mile radius of Retford? And yeah, it, it, a dozen agents for us, okay. really, uh, okay. you know, that work okay. locally. And, and but you're not going to be like that guy who's the, who used to work with golf, who's never worked on a golf course. Are you going to be there at the golf base? Uh, yeah, certainly. But, you know, everyone has an exit plan, don't they? You know, uh, it's life's and happiness is about the quality of life and the relationship. I mean, how old are your kids now? Uh, the eldest one's nine, the middle okay. one's seven, and the littlest one, he's uh, three and a half. Right. So nice ages. And, you know, it's nice to spend some time with them. You don't get that time back, do you? And what would your message be to anyone who's looking for to work under the self-employed banner in Nottinghamshire, Lincolnshire? Why, why should they potentially join you? Um, I think as a smaller, uh, smaller organisation, we can offer 
more support than what the larger um, self-employed models might be able to do. Um, you know, we've got a couple of different routes for agents to go down, you know, depending on what level of support they need. Um, and uh, I think having that flexibility and having that more smaller, you know, family feel, I think is, uh, you know, will be, will be what, you know, certain agents would like. Uh, Mark, thank you for your time today. Um, I must stress to everyone out there in the state letting agency land that Mark has not paid me anything to do with regard to his self-employed agency model. Neither has Mark Burgess or anyone at Iceberg paid me to uh, promote um, Lifecycle. Um, I'm just a huge fan of the self-employed model. I'm a huge fan of Iceberg when it's fed right and used right. Um, I, I do believe it's cutting edge, uh, but it's, it's, we both agree it's not for everyone. Um, and I just wanted to tell that story in your own words, because let's be honest, no one likes to be sold to, but if we can hear it from someone else's mouth, even better. Yeah, no problem. Th thanks for your time today. You're more than welcome.